Welcome to the Strategy Story Podcast, a show for, well, basically anyone interested in those real stories of people making it happen and making a difference in work and business. We're here to bring you some seriously cutting edge thoughts from the world of strategy and storytelling. So if you're looking to improve your comms and your business story, or you want tips on leadership and culture, you're seeking strategy advice, or help on leading people through change, keep listening. I'm Kate Hooper, co-founder of Strategy Story, and we are inviting you into our community. So sit back, listen up, and join us. Okay, folks, here we are again. Today's guest is very close to my heart in terms of what she's all about. Carolyn Curry, Chief Executive of Women's Enterprise Scotland. You're going to hear the interview with Carrie shortly, and we're going to delve into strategy, storytelling, the usual stuff we like to talk about. But of course, we've got our professor here in the hot seat. Hi, Donald. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Kate. I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm very much looking forward to this. And I am going to introduce you as an ambassador for Women's Enterprise Scotland, are you not? I am, actually. That's right. I am an ambassador for Women's Enterprise Scotland. And I've been doing that probably for just over a year, 18 months, maybe even a bit longer, actually. Um, But it's been a really good role, really enjoyable And an honour to have Carrie on the show as well, because she's kind of really pioneering the way for women's enterprise in Scotland. And being part of the group is fantastic. And it's really about being a role model, actually, and getting out there and making business work. And it's just been a gift to work with such great women. Excellent. So, Kate, who is also a woman in business, as well as an ambassador for Women's Enterprise Scotland, Why, as a woman in business, is it important to be an ambassador? Uh, Well, for me, I think it's about, it's a a role model role, a role model role, (laughs) in that, you know, they don't really ask you to do a great deal other other than, you know, do what you do, be a woman in business and uh, and be a role model for women in business and help encourage others really to to take part and, and go for it. For me, I think it's been really, really important because um, for a long time, I put up a lot of barriers for myself to get into business, you know, whether that was confidence or feeling I didn't have the right skill set or whatever that might be. And what I really wanted to do was be self-employed and be entrepreneurial and, and really kind of feed that fire that's within me. And it took me a long time to get there. And I really hope that my story can help other women, particularly young women as well. And I think a lot about my daughters. I want to be a really good example for them about what you can do and you can achieve yourself. Um, So I think that's been such a brilliant thing for me um, at at WES, to be honest, is to be able to have the privilege to have that role. Also, confidence. You mentioned the word confidence. Obviously, I'm not a woman in business, but but I've... I've had a lot of gatherings of business people, male and female, and I've been involved in these myself as as a business person or running some of them as a facilitator. And what everybody says is that the gold dust is usually actually hearing from other people in similar situations 
it kind of builds confidence when you hear that they tried that and uh, it's very similar to the way you would have tried it or you've got this issue and they've had that issue and you're just kind of sharing and learning and connecting with one another is a big, big part of it. Yeah, I think, and that is a massive part of this network for me as well. You know, there's a lot of people who are kind of in the same boat, if you like, and that's really, really good. Uh, it gives you confidence. It helps you find new ways of doing things that you may be not thinking about. Um, and I think there's a real value in that. And also, Donald, you and I were talking earlier on today about networks and the importance of networks. And this has been a really valuable network for me because in business, and, you know, we've been in business now for about six or seven years, and I've learned about the value of networks through being in business, but it's really about the people that you surround yourself with as well. And that is so important. You know, for us, we really like to be surrounded with really positive, energetic people, action orientated. And, you know, I've really found that with the West Network as well. So it's a really good example of that network playing out. And that only just earlier on today, I was on a Zoom cooking something up with another member of the women in the network. So, you know, just being around those people who are entrepreneurial, really want to make things happen and really care about stuff is really, really important for me. I'm going to have to hoist myself in my own petard, actually, because you know that I've been a bit sceptical at times in my past about networking. Uh, but in actual fact, the more you do it, the better it gets, I think. And and this is the petard that I'm going to hoist myself on. People are social through and through. And it's all about finding the right band of people, shared values, shared aspirations, shared enterprise, shared ethos. Exactly. It's all about people at the end of the day, isn't it? And their stories. And their stories. Okay, so that's great. Great segue, Donald, there. Thanks very much. Let's hear a little bit about Carrie's story there. We're going to hear a bit about Women's Enterprise Scotland, but we're also going to hear about storytelling and how it's really helped her drive forward the organisation. And of course, we're talking about strategy, culture, leadership, all that stuff. We'll be back at the end of the interview and we're going to share a little bit more around those things afterwards too. CEO of Women's Enterprise Scotland, co-founder of Angel Investment Group Mint Ventures, Chair of the Productivity Institute Scotland, and all of that following a career in banking. Carrie, it could be said that you know a thing or two about business. Welcome. Thanks very much. How are you doing? Yeah, not so bad. It's uh, it's it's busy, isn't it? It's a busy time. It's fair to say. Well, yeah. I think you're having a very busy time at the moment, absolutely, and that is a phenomenal CV. So, can we start a little bit? by you telling us what's driving the woman behind that CV? That's an interesting question, isn't it? I'm interested in a lot of different areas in business. I think that goes back to my banking background. You know, that's definitely where the productivity part comes from anyway. Um, and on the gendered part, on the, the women in business part, that, again, was really started during my banking career. When I was asked, I was working in strategy, actually, and I was asked to go and look at women in business and if there was anything that, that the bank could do to better support women who were starting and growing their businesses. And, you know, the short answer to that was, yes, actually, there was quite a bit we could do as a bank to better support women. And that's really where my journey started. And gosh, you know, it's uh, 
yeah, it's been quite adventurous. I have learned so much about gender and the impact that it can have. And also the value of, of looking at life through a gendered lens. You know, if you want to get support to where it's needed most, having a, a gendered view of life can be a really helpful thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in the bank, I set up and founded an initiative that helped better supported women to start and grow their own business. We trained uh, hundreds of bank staff in becoming uh, women in business managers, so better understanding the, the challenges for women and how we as a bank might be able to help that um, and helping more women to, to move their, their business idea off the stocks and to, to get started in business. And then that career is, is what led me to, to Women's Enterprise Scotland and to, to start working with them. So a great deal of passion going on in the background there. So let's go on and talk a little bit about WES, if we can. Why WES? What's it all about? Why are you doing it? What's what's the big vision there? Well, WES wants Scotland to be world-leading in its approach to supporting women business owners. So for women to have equitable access to resources and to opportunities as they start and grow sustainable businesses. Now, that's a really compelling vision for me. So, you know, that was why I was really interested to, to go and work with Women's Enterprise Scotland and the great people that are, are part of that organisation. You know, you'd think in this day and age that we'd already have gender equality, but the research that WES has undertaken over more than 10 years consistently shows that's not the case and there's plenty of work still to be done. So, for example, women-owned businesses are just 20% of the business base. You know, that's a huge gender gap and it limits our productivity. We know that gender diversity is a key driver of radical step change innovation. So actually enabling more women to start and grow their own business will help us to innovate as a nation. It will give us competitive advantage and it will help to grow our productivity. So that's the vision that Wes and myself as their, their, their chief executive are working towards to create the gender balanced business ecosystem where innovation and productivity will thrive. So that's really interesting, Carrie. And can we, can we dig around into that a little bit more? Because I'm interested around that, that percentage that you've given us of 20% there. What, is, what are the barriers then? What's the challenges? Why, it, why that figure? Why is it not, why is it not higher? Well, I think like like many challenges, it's a it's a multifaceted thing. You know, there isn't just one thing that you can fix, and everything else will will slot in place. So it's it's a range of issues. And um, what our research tells us is consistently there's a need for women to have dedicated support. So support that recognizes them as women business owners and that delivers to their needs. You know, at the moment, most support is um, is mainstream. It doesn't cater uh, towards gender. Yet, when you think about any business, what's really important is that they target their business proposition to the needs of the market. So, you know, that's what we're talking about here is targeting support to the needs of women because that support will then be much more impactful and make a difference. So that's 
certainly one top challenge that comes back every time. Another is access to finance. Um, access to finance is often talked about as a challenge for all businesses, and that's really true, it is. For women, the data shows it's even more heightened, it's even more challenging to get funding as a woman in business. And again, you know, some of the statistics there, it, it just beggar belief in this day and age. You know, research shows that for equity finance, for example, um, female founders, all female founding teams, receive just one pence for every one pound of equity investment. So, you know, there is plenty scope for improvement to be made there. Um, and that's really important because businesses need investment to realise their aspirations and to grow and thrive. Again, if we start to dig away at this a little bit more, you know, I, I'm an, hands up, I'm an ambassador for Women's Enterprise Scotland, you know, and a big part of the, the role is just being role models, just being a woman in business and being out there and being sort of an example that, you know, it can be done if you if you want to, if you want to get out there and, and run your own business, you can do it. Um, also, as a, the other side of being a, an ambassador there, sometimes I get other people, even women women in business, saying, oh, I'm not sure about doing that women in business thing. You know, I don't really want to be identified just as a woman in business. There's almost like sometimes you get a little bit of a negative connotation about it. But I think what, what you've explained there is that this is really needs-based about, you know, well, actually being a woman in business for me um, you know, my support network and my my women network and my support with childcare, you know, raising my kids pretty much on my own up here has been such a big thing. And so it's really about having tailoring business support to distinctive needs. And we see that in so many different areas of life across our Scottish business ecosystem, don't we? Whether we're rural, whether we're a creative business, whether we're a women led business. So this isn't a case of uh, everything for women and, and not thinking about men so much. This is just a, a case of developing tailored support for the needs of women-led businesses. Have I got that right? Am I summing that up okay? Yeah, I, th I think that's really true. That, you know, with, with any cause, there are critics, aren't there? There are, there are people who understand and people who don't. And I think what we've found is by explaining the research and data, and in particular talking about the current levels of inequality that that's quite shocking for many people because there is this underlying sense that in this day and age things are much more equal than they are in reality and I think the other point is often this is perceived as an agenda where we are putting women and men against each other yet actually the opposite is true you know, our work is all about getting to a place where we have a gender balanced and equitable business ecosystem. And that, I mean, that's really important from a moral perspective. We all understand that. But it's really important from a business perspective because it is that diversity of thought, that diversity of experience that equips us to innovate much better as, a, as an entire business nation, if you like. And to, to grow our competitivity and to, to, you know, create the next generation of innovative products and services that are going to grow our economy. Absolutely. And I think a key thing there as well, and it really kind of chimes with strategy story in our Red Squirrel program, which is bespoke development for rural and creative businesses, that there is not a one size fits all approach to business development because 
every, everybody's different personalities are different business needs are different all these kinds of things so it, that's really what you're kind of targeting here isn't it yeah that that's exactly what we're targeting you know and again it, it goes back to basic business good practice for success you know the more targeted you can be the better understanding you can have of all the different areas of your market, all these different points of intersectionality, then the better placed you are to deliver support and services and enable businesses to succeed. You know, it really is basic good commercial sense. This podcast is produced in association with Alitu. Alitu is a one-stop shop podcast maker tool offering core recording, audio cleanup, audio editing, and publishing. If you want to start your own podcast, just like this one, go over to alitu.com. That's A-L-I-T-U.com and try out for a week for free to see if it works for you. It did for us. So could we go back to something you touched on earlier on there as well about the importance of getting the facts across, getting the reality across of what's actually happening on the ground? Can you talk to me a little bit in your role as CEO of WES, like how important is the role of story and storytelling in changing perceptions, capturing hearts, grabbing hold of the minds of policymakers, whoever it might be? How do you use story to help do that? Well, I really like that phrase, grabbing hold of people. That, that's exactly what storytelling does, I think. From our perspective, it really helps to bring alive the data, the research and the facts that we talk about. You know, that there is nothing as impactful as telling a story that evidences that landscape that the research paints. It's, it's storytelling just cuts through the data and really pulls it all together and has a much deeper resonance with the people that we are speaking to. For example, we do you know, a lot of lobbying work with government. And in that context, being able to talk about women-owned businesses, to share their stories on all different aspects of their business life experiences is really important to us to inform and equip policymakers. The real life experiences really resonate strongly with policymakers and, and help them to shape and to deliver the policies that will, will build on the successes that businesses have experienced, but also address the areas of market failure and the areas that need improvement so that more businesses can, can thrive and survive. And we're also in an era where, you know, I kind of use, I use the phrase consultation fatigue and strategy fatigue. Folk are like, you know, we get all of these big strategies that come out um, and we have lots of consultations. And quite often a lot of the same people are being consulted all the time. I think people are getting really tired. Do you see any kind of way forward to gather these stories of what's going on? on the ground in businesses in a way that's refreshing and is going to create help create strategies for our Scottish economy, well-being, whatever it might be, that is new, fresh and fits with the way everything's kind of going or could be going. I think that almost comes down to our own 
persistence and resilience as, as individuals. We know how important those stories are. We know, for example, that these stories of, of the pioneering women who have already started up and grown their own businesses, we know those stories make a huge difference to inspire other women and girls that are perhaps nurturing an idea, thinking about it. The stories of existing women are what can make a difference between sitting and just looking at that idea but taking no action or taking the step forward to start your own business. You know, they play a really important role in that. And if we can direct those stories more into the heart of government and policy making, then that's what can make a real step change. The type of step change that enables all women and girls to start up a business and realise their business aspirations. The type of change that will actually transform those rather dismal statistics on business participation at the moment for women and girls and create that more equitable landscape. So it's really important. And I do think storytelling has that capability to cut through and really land with people and make that difference. That's great, Kerry. Yes, I completely chime with all of that. Um, so we've touched on storytelling. Um, and the role of storytelling and how important it is to kind of really drive change and 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 strategies. I'd just like to come back to strategy for one one kind of like last one last question, one last grilling, if you like, before we uh, before we round off. Um, and as a you know, you've had a very uh, you've had a, an excellent career. You've led uh, teams, businesses, bodies, whatever it might be. When you've been setting your strategies and de developing your strategies, what have you found that kind of works and what doesn't work? You know, what what learnings can other folk listen listening to this just now take away? Well, I suppose the first thing to say is I absolutely love strategy. I don't know if everybody really starts up in business to do a business plan or to to strategize, but it's an area that I absolutely love, and it's it's, it's so. It's so funny that you say that because I have always absolutely loved strategy as well. And sometimes I think I'm a bit odd. <laughs> no, we're definitely in the right place then, Kate, aren't we, together? Yeah, I, I just I just love strategy, I think. Strategy is, is it's creating a value out of absolutely nothing. Um, and that's just so invigorating, I think, seeing it all shaping up and then implementing it and seeing it come to life. You know, for me, there's, there's just nothing like it. I think it's yeah. so interesting and rewarding. So I think that's the first thing to see. Um, in terms of techniques that, that work, I think you really have to do your market research. And I don't just mean the facts and figures of your market dynamic. You have to really understand the culture. And, and the current set of, of circumstances for that market or for that area. So, you know, if you talk about business today, for example, if you're launching a business, you, you need to understand how your market is being affected by the current economic conditions. You know, we're seeing lots of really challenging economic conditions converging at the minute. So you have to understand that. You have to understand that impact on the, the people that are working 
in that particular market segment at this point in time. And you have to understand the culture. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a true saying, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And, mm-hmm. and that's just so true. You can develop the best initiative ever on paper and see it fail because you haven't taken account of the culture that you're delivering into. So that's really important, that sense of setting out a strategy that isn't just compelling in terms of its facts and figures, but that really understands the people you're going to be delivering to and the people you're going to be delivering through. That's what makes the difference between success and failure. And also, you have to think really clearly about your personal role in this. If you're going to be leading that strategy, you have to be the strongest and the most committed advocate for that strategy. That was something I learned quite early on in my career when I moved into marketing. I was on a training program and I remember one of the expert speakers saying, if you don't lead from the start and advocate for your, you know, whatever it is, product, service, strategy, who else is going to do that? and lead it through to success. Why? Carrie, can you come work with Strategy Story, please? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you know, I would love to. I would absolutely (laughs) love to, Kate, I think. So much there of what you said resonates um, with with our approach as well. And it's that cultural piece, because you often think strategy is like, people think strategy is just a plan. It's very logical. But actually, unless you've captured the hearts and minds of the folk that are going to be delivering the strategy, or that they've had some sort of um, engagement and investment in it, it just ain't going to work. It's just a piece of paper with some with some data on it. We talk quite a lot about the fact that, you know, around three quarters of strategies don't actually work. And they don't work because either people are not engaged in them or the logic isn't great. Because this isn't about people at the top of an organisation saying, here you go, folks, here's a plan, away you go and do it. Good leadership is about listening. Yeah, I think listening is often a really underrated skill, isn't it? And I think it's it's not just listening. You have to actually then envisage what it's like to be in those different pairs of shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for each of your stakeholders, you have to really try and put yourself in those shoes and envisage what it's like. And sometimes that can be really quite difficult. And, you know, it's, it's not something that I always get right either. A try. Um, but I think it's it's really important to try to understand what it's like perhaps on the other side of the fence. And if you have a better understanding of the challenges that are being faced there, you can then better work out the pathway that will give you success. So just to round off, if you've got a message for any women thinking about setting up a business or not necessarily a woman either, you know, um, anyone setting up a business, got a message for anyone setting up a business just now, what would it be? I think for anyone, anyone sitting there wondering about starting a business, don't sit there and wonder what if. Go and take the plunge. Go and take the plunge because you're going to find a really vibrant and supportive community when you put yourself out there and you're going to gain really valuable skills along the way. I think lots of people think about 
business as the entirety of the journey, you know, setting up and growing a business, that's the whole nature of the thing. But actually, it's not. It's about the skills that you gain along the way, because like every skill, it's transferable. So, you know, that it is a tremendous experience to have in a career to start and grow your own business, to gain that entrepreneurial insight, that creativity that comes with working and, and growing your own business, that entrepreneurial mindset, that's actually really valued by lots of employers. So it equips you to have a much more diverse career. It's not necessarily a destination in its own right. So go and do it. I mean, you never know. Yours could be the idea that could transform your local community. It could transform your sector. It could transform Scotland's economy. And ultimately, not just that, it could also transform your career and your career prospects. So go and do it. That's my message. Go and do it. That's great, Carrie. Thank you. It's been such an enjoyable conversation. Lots of really inspirational uh, moments in there as well. Um, yeah, certainly giving me some things to think about. And and on that note, I'm sure people who are listening will have, have thoughts and questions. Are you happy if folks send in some questions that you will you come back and talk to us again? Yes, absolutely. It's great. You know, Be I'm part of our game changer community. <laughs> I love a bit of game changing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you definitely got me. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. All right, Donald, so there we go. What did you make of that one then? Brilliant. Uh, really good to hear, Carolyn. As you know, I've been doing strategy work for thousands of years all over the world, in actual <laughs> fact. And I am delighted to say that I heard the definition of strategy there that I've never heard before, and I absolutely love it, which is creating value out of nothing. Great phrase. I mean, that is so different from an awful lot of the definitions that I've heard. It's a really compelling. We often say that strategy is some schema for nudging up the odds of success when you're faced with a challenge or a big opportunity. But how compelling is that? It's creating value out of nothing. So it's a really entrepreneurial take on strategy. That's exactly the way you'd expect an entrepreneur to frame it. But I, I think that's gold dust, actually. Yeah. And it kind of lifts my heart a bit because that's what I love about running a business. It's like, is you have so much opportunity and potential to go, what am I going to do here? You know, and to really start from scratch and build something and bring people in and think about that big picture and how you're going to get there. So it's a really nice way to sum it up. It is. And it's a it's a beautiful contrast to the orthodox view of strategy, I think, that is still the dominant view out there, unfortunately, Donald said, unapologetically, which is that it's some planning and control process. This is right at the opposite end of the spectrum. It's about creativity, innovation, entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's giving something to the world that hasn't existed before. What a brilliant way of looking at it. Yeah, it's great. And also, we've got a wee masterclass on this one because we specialise in a type of strategy, don't we? Emergent strategy. So, And that very much ties in with that way of developing strategy. It does, because at the end of the day, when, when you so that's one of these technical terms, emergent strategy, and it's really just, it's used to contrast it with this view of strategy as some mechanistic plan that's rolled out 
emergent strategies when people get together and create things together. And in actual fact, it's not so much an approach as just a view of how things happen, but it puts creativity rather than control at the heart of things. So, yeah, we will be talking about that soon, I think, Kate, in one of our podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. So that was about strategy and Donald being a strategy person. Of course, I'm going to lighten that because I've now got something that I will quote all over the place. Thanks, Carolyn. But the other thing that uh, I really loved was the story, but when Carolyn said that it really grabs hold of people, it brings alive the data and the research. So in a world where we are increasingly exposed to almost overwhelming cascades of data and information, it's the story that makes it meaningful, that allows people to connect with one another. So I loved to hear her saying that as well. And of course, that's central to our message, Kate, isn't it? Well, absolutely, because I know we share the same frustration of these great, big, huge strategies, which quite often, to quote you, Donald, are not actually strategies, if we go by what a strategy actually is. They come down from on high or wherever it might be, and they're huge and they're overwhelming and they're almost kind of quite clinical. And they kind of miss the point that it's people that are meant to deliver that big goal. And yet we're delivering these strategies as though we're feeding data into a machine. And I think that's where, and a lot of us, we talked about this in the interview, I think a lot of us are getting really tired of these strategies coming through in, and being developed in the same old ways. I couldn't agree more. And, and that, well, there are many reasons for the existence of our business, but that's another one, of course, that it, that it is a direct response to what you would you might call implementation failure. So these massively overcomplicated strategies, in inverted commas, it depends who you read, but we're approaching failure rates of somewhere between 50 and 90%. Most people would settle for around about two-thirds. And the bottom line is most of the time they are not strategy. They're so obvious. You know, so I was in our part of the world, then I was in Australia, and you hear the national strategies, and they actually sound exactly the same. How can that be strategy? It's, it's mimicry. That's a different thing. But they're incredibly complicated. They're fed by the most brilliant reams of data, and then people seem to think that the strategy is just distilling that data down to an endless list of want-to-dos and bullet points. It's not a strategy, it's just a wish list. It has, as I say, much more wishbone than backbone. I like that phrase. It sounds like we're having a right strategy moan here. But, you know, let's look at positive solutions here. You need to get people bought in. Like, it's quite simple, really. To make a strategy work, folk need to own it and feel part of it. And it's through that storytelling, through this, their own experiences, bringing those out, rather than always telling people what to do, getting them to come up with some of the answers as part of developing that strategy is so important, I think. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a term that I haven't even used yet. I'm just about to use it publicly for the first time, which I'd like to call organic strategy. And by that, I mean a strategy that's developed by the people who are going to use it as they use it. All right. So talk to me a little bit more about that, Donald. What does that all mean? You know, I like to make it a bit real. I think there's ample evidence of the fact that, that there's, t there's, a, there's a lot of things happening in the world. It's changing really, really rapidly at the moment. Unfortunately, a lot of our major bureaucracies seem blind to this. So they keep pumping out 
Me Too strategies and approaches to supporting businesses that that they were they were pumping out twenty years ago or or even longer ago. I've seen the frameworks for decades. So it's changing. And also there's recognition that what applies in one situation doesn't necessarily apply in another situation. And what actually makes the difference, entrepreneurs know this, it's, it's their lifeblood, is how it's tailored to the particular context that it's getting used in. So we seem to be really bad at that. We seem to be really bad at tailoring strategies for the context that they're used in. Why? I've got a very harsh answer to that. Because the people who develop the strategies simply don't know enough about the context they're developing the strategies for. And the people who actually need the strategies are the people who know most. So the so the tide has turned, and the people who should be developing strategy are the people who use it, not some remote body away in a central ivory tower or government building somewhere. The world has gone open, the tide has turned, the flow of strategy has reversed. And this is where, you know, the the principles of really know your audience, but also get out there and listen to the stories of people is really, really important, isn't it? As Carrie talked about. It's absolutely key, Kate. And I'm so I'm so glad you said that in relation to the strategy thing, because what is context? Context is stories. Yeah, yeah. Diagnosis, diagnose the situation through the stories of the people. I bet there are really, I bet there are examples out there of where it's worked really well, though. And that, do you know what? We would really love to hear that too. That would be wonderful. Uh, I think you should also, given that 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 we're talking here about Women's Enterprise Scotland, it would be brilliant to get more stories about successful entrepreneurial endeavours. Uh, amongst your ambassadors and other enterprising women so that strategy story can walk its own talk and we can help share the stories that are going to change things. Well, I love that, Donald. And you know what my mantra is? Stories drive action. So let's hear some of those stories, folks. If you've got a great business story, you've realised a strategy, it's been successful, share your story with us and we will share your story here. Get in touch with us. Hello at strategystory.co.uk. That's all from us today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us here at the Strategy Story podcast. You can listen to this podcast anywhere they're available. You'll also find all the links and resources mentioned in the show notes below. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with all our episodes.